How's everybody doing this morning? A few weeks ago, we were in our staff meeting, and uh, Pastor David realized that this was the week that he was going to be moving, and Terry told him that he wasn't allowed to preach. And so um, Naomi and Megan just kind of like stared at each other, and the crickets were chirping, and Keith was like, and I was like, I'll do it. What's the topic? And David's like, oh, we're going to be in our What If series. And I was like, this is great. I hope it lands on the week where we're doing What If Michael Jordan Didn't Have Scottie Pippen because I will be on that. (laughs) And then I realized that we are not talking about sports at all. And the topic is, what if I took control of my words? And I was like, are you sure that you want me to do this? Like, there's nobody else in the world that you could bring in to do this message because, in my opinion, the last person that should ever talk on this subject is me. I told my parents, and they laughed. They asked me if my boss had ever met me before, and I said, I think that he has. Um, One of my coworkers suggested that I take just a week-long solitary retreat to really get in line with God. And um, so needless to say, this is not... I'm not good at this. And so everything that I say this morning, I'm talking to me just as if I'm talking to you. And um, it it was a hard, hard sermon for me to write and prepare. And the devil knew that it was hard. And every day something happened that was out of the norm. An email, a text message, a phone call that just like, really? This couldn't wait one more week. This couldn't wait a few more days. But you know what? It just made me rely on God so much more as I prepared this. And so I want you to know that I'm coming from a place that is not where I'm looking down on you, but I'm right there with you. Yesterday I was on 322, and there was a girl riding in the left lane, 10 miles under the speed limit, right blinker on, not getting over, and she got every curse word in the book from me. And after I passed her, and I was like, dang it, I'm not, this is not... I'm supposed to not be doing this because I'm preparing to talk about this. Um, so, so believe me that this is hard for me, and uh, we're just going to go with it, and I'm going to give you what God gave me. So um, it's not for me today. It's from him. So just know that uh, I'm the vessel that he chose for whatever reason. So let's just pray. Uh, God, thanks so much for today and for um, being with me as I prepare this, and I would just pray that everything that comes out of my mouth today would be spirit-filled and of you, and that nothing would be from me. And I'm just so humbled that you've chosen me, and I would just ask that you would continue to bless me and bless Cornerstone as we grow faithfully in you. Everybody remembers that age-old saying, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And as um, bullying has become more prevalent in our society, and it's cyberbullying and in-school bullying, and, and that, that saying has really changed. And I think that the the saying has always been true, that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will always hurt me. And I bet that you could sit here and think of a time when somebody has hurt you with words and when you have hurt other people with words. And that's really, our words hurt three people. They hurt ourselves, they hurt others, and ultimately, they're breaking down the body of Christ. We, um... One more. I make my PowerPoints, like, really intense with, like, these really cool, like, transitions and stuff. So it's, and David's are just normal, and he always asks us how to use PowerPoint. So, like, you're lucky that there's a PowerPoint every week with him. We hurt ourselves. And um, this is what James 3, 
5 to 6, as it says, Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and itself set on fire by hell. Wow. Remember Smokey the Bear? Two more slides. (laughs) There he is. What's his great saying? Everybody knows it. Only you can prevent forest fires. And here in God's scripture, it's telling us that 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 small spark of our tongue sets a forest on fire, and that fire can consume us, and it can control us. I can tell you story after story after story about times when I got myself in trouble for using my words. I wouldn't hit my brother, but I'd call my brother a not-so-nice name. Ten minutes in your bedroom. I would say something snarky. Ten minutes in your bedroom. My favorite was when ten minutes in my bedroom went from, like, a whole day in my bedroom because I just couldn't be quiet. And my parents are here and can attest to that. Like, I would argue and fight and try to, like, make my point. It's 20 minutes, and then I keep going. That's 30 minutes. Okay, you're in there the rest of the day, Lindsay. We don't want to hear another word from you. And then I'd, like, pull my little black and white TV out from under my bed and, like, you know. And time and time again, I would hurt myself with words as I grew up. A few weeks ago, I don't know why, probably because he's 21, but I went in and lit into my brother about something that he did. I was mad at him, and I was angry, and he was sitting on the couch playing video games, and I just laid into him. And he got upset and left, and then guess who got in trouble? I got in trouble. But it was more than just getting in trouble that hurt me. I hurt my brother, and that ultimately hurt me. For a variety of reasons. It put a strain on our relationship for a couple weeks. And I don't really know if we're even back to the place that we were. We seem fine. He works at the at Specialty Bakers in Marysville and just brought me home some like samples of some new products. So I'm like, this is a good start. He wants me to try this food that he just made. And I was like, maybe he poisoned it. <laughs> but I'm still here, so he didn't. But not only that, I I was so worried and so burdened when he left the house because you always hear those horror stories about that last thing that you say to somebody and then they go get in a car accident. I'm like, he just drove off in his car, and I have no idea where he went, and I must go find him. And so I called his cell phone 10 times until he answered, and then he told me where he was, and then I drove over to where he was, and he was not there, and then I was stressed even more, and so I came home, and he, he got home like five minutes after me. But it was so hard, and I was so broken, and just, you know, I apologized to him, but it was like, I really, I can't, I can't take it back. And we always do this thing when we teach the kids about using our words where, you know, all right, we're going to play a cool game. You and you come out and squeeze this toothpaste out of the tube, and who can make the highest tube? And then we're like, just kidding. The real game is getting the toothpaste back in the tube. And then when they can't do it, we use that as a great illustration to be like, this is what your words do. But not only do that, we hurt ourselves. We are, I think I have more up there, actually. This is what... um, I found this quote online, and it didn't have anybody's name to it, unfortunately, because I think it's a brilliant quote, but it says, The sparks we spew sweep back towards us and char our own hearts. And in that, we're just giving the devil such a foothold into our lives, not only to break down other people, but to break down ourselves. And do we really want to give that foothold to the devil? Do we really want that little curse word or that little nagging or that little sarcasm 
to really allow the devil to give a to give the devil that foothold. And I don't I don't think that we do. We hurt others with our words. A lot of times we don't even have to say something directly to the person. This is America, and we are really, really good at saying stuff behind people's backs, aren't we? Like, I love America so much. I do. Like, I, I'm going to a baseball game this afternoon, and hot dogs are, like, my favorite food group. And, I mean, when it comes to America, I'm, like, there. I'm all about it. You ask me a question, I know it. The 76ers are my favorite team because in 1776, that's when it began. You know what I'm talking about? And so, like, go, go America. I love it. But in America, we just are, like, okay with certain sins, aren't we? And I just feel like one of them is, is gossip. And it's cool to talk about people. It's cool to buy magazines for five bucks that talk about people. It's cool to buy magazines for five bucks that we know are straight up lying about people. We give money to the industry. But it's okay, because this is America, right? It's cool. We got freedom of speech. But are we in check with that? I got a phone call this week, and all it was was five minutes of somebody complaining about somebody else. No, okay, I got it, I know. You're right. Like what? And I, I really didn't know what to do, because I didn't agree with them, but it was just like, what happens and you know there's a there's a place where like out of straight up concern like we can go to somebody and ask for prayer but my favorite hey so and so needs prayer because her son knocked up somebody else and that person's parents aren't too happy about it and they're kicking her out and when they kicked her out she had to move into her car and her car has two flat tires and let me tell you when that tow guy showed up he was not nice at all so you should not use that tow company so we really need to pray for them (laughs) okay okay i get it you know How many times have we broken down other people because we've talked about them? You know, oh, so-and-so said this about you. Well, why was it okay for them to say it to you? Because what have you said about me? You know? What gossip is spreading like wildfire through the church? What lies are spreading like wildfire through the community? Because you didn't get the whole story. Or because somebody else said something that somebody else said and that you saw something. You know, it just, we're, we're hurting people. And when we hurt ourselves and when we hurt other people, we are ultimately hurting the body of Christ. And this is kind of where it gets a little bit scary. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you a part of it. You know, Paul talked, he's got a whole slew of it in there. All of the, you know, your ear can't see, so let's just, let's just chop that ear off. Or your feet can't sign your signature, so you don't really need them. But your eyes can't walk, so let's get rid of them. No. Just because you're different doesn't mean that we don't need each other. We have a video from the skit guys, I think, right? We're going to show that. So I know there's nothing wrong with it, but I guess situations like that just really frustrate me. Oh, 
dude, no, no, no. You're, you're totally justified in the way you feel. I mean, truth is, like that doesn't deserve a guy like you. Thanks. That makes me feel better, I guess. I guess I just now know officially what it feels like to get on, you know? Yeah. Oh, speaking of getting did you hear about Jack and Maggie? Uh, not the whole story. I think they're just trying to keep their hush-hush. <laughs> what? Well, if that's the case, then Maggie made the greatest mistake of a lifetime by telling that chick April. You're me. Dude, where do you think I heard it from? Uh, hey! What's your problem? How to lay that out. Watch where you're going! I guess I just now know officially what it feels like to get dumped on, you know? Yeah. Oh, speaking of getting dumped on? Yeah. Did you hear about Jack and Maggie? Uh, not the whole story. I think they're just trying to keep their stuff hush-hush. <laughs> what? Well, if that's the case, then Maggie made the greatest mistake of a lifetime by telling that chick April. You're joking me. Dude, where do you think I heard it from? Uh. Hey! What's your problem, buddy? How to lay that cornball joker out. Watch where you're going, man. So what's the story? Story about what? <sighs> With Jack and Maggie, you stupid idiot. Yeah, Jack's moving out. Wow. What a piece of work April is, huh? Yeah. She's such a backstabber. I mean, no, no wonder no one wants to be friends with her. Golly, she doesn't know when to keep her mouth shut. What was the most offensive part of that video to you? Because I bet it wasn't the gossip, and I bet it wasn't the lying. I bet it wasn't the time that he called him a name. Because I heard somebody whis whisper, oh my gosh, every time they bleeped out a non-swear word in that video. You were more offended by the swearing in that video than you were about the gossip and the lying and the deceit that they were feeding each other. We cut that video because it keeps going and going and going, but at the end of the video, guess where they're walking into? A church. We got two choices. We can build the body up. Ah. Or, he's looking good. Or we can just pull a Miley Cyrus and come in like a wrecking ball and destroy it all. I mean, those are our choices. We can build up or we can knock down. This is what Jesus said. But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, and those defile the man. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, slanders. And these are the things that defile the man. And these are the things that come out of our mouth. And this is what Paul says. Or do you now know that wrongdoers do not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor the adulterers, nor adulterers, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. 
let's put those verses side by side now. There we go. The things that Jesus said that defile us are the things that Paul says prevent us from inheriting the kingdom of God. And you are like high-fiving your neighbor right now because the only thing that um, Jesus said that's not underlined in Paul's verse is false witness. Well, don't worry, we can go to Revelation for that. Click the enter button. Oh, and all liars will be thrown, will find themselves in a lake that burns with fire and sulfur. So you can lie, but it's probably not as good of an outcome. Here's the thing. The things that, that, that we say, the words, you know, actions speak louder than words they say, but the words that we say, the things that come out of our mouth, they too can prevent us from glory, and they separate us from Christ. How many people have ever been to SeaWorld? Jail for uh, ocean life. They take the animals and they put them in chlorine pools, and it's awesome. I love SeaWorld so much. Um, and uh, I've been there a couple times, and it is really, it's a lot of fun. There's dolphins and seals, and they have literally captured every type of underlife creature except mermaids, which I was a little bit disappointed about when I was 12, but now that I'm older, kind of understand why. And, um, <coughs> you know, you get to go to all these cool shows when you're at SeaWorld, and uh, the Shamu show, that is where it's at. The big giant killer whale comes out, touches it no its nose to the giant red ball. Wonderful. <laughs> then they do some backflips in the pool. Awesome. Then you've got the trainer person that's crazy probably riding on the whale's back, and you're like, this is awesome. And then it's the end of the show, and you're sitting in the splash zone, and you know it's coming. And they, that whale comes around, and it makes sure that not only are you a little bit wet, that you are so wet that your parents are forced to go to the gift shop and buy you new clothes. And I believe we have a picture there. That's my brother. That's my brother Nick and me. And then a couple pictures later in the album, I definitely have, like, Shamu shorts and a Shamu T-shirt on. So, like, SeaWorld completely won that round. But, I mean, we, it was awesome. I mean, they trained, they got these animals, and I mean, some of them were born in captivity, yes, but they got these animals from, like, the middle of the deep blue sea, and they brought them in, and they're like, oh, we're going to teach you how to backflip, and your nose is going to touch this red ball, and I'm going to ride on your back, and then you're going to get these kids wet, and we're going to make a lot of money, and it's going to be awesome. And then, oh, I love this dog. Show this dog. This dog is so cool. He was on the Facebook and the Twitter and the Instagram, that he's balancing things on his head, like a sandwich, and that skateboard, and that bone. And there's more. Yeah, this, oh, toilet paper. My favorite is that the pancakes have butter on them. <laughs> like, they're, they're ready to go. And there he is, balancing them on his head. <coughs> it's, just, it's amazing. It's like, you're like, why would you waste pancakes like that? <laughs> so good. I don't know. But anyway, that dog's awesome. 
This is what James says. It says, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. And it is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Wow. So the things that we say, well, I think we actually have this on the slide. Can you click to the next slide? Okay, I think we have to do this one at a time because like I said, I get like really excited about all the new animation features and I just updated my PowerPoint and I was like, oh cool, look what this does. <coughs> Here we go. If out of the heart comes the words and the words cause us to sin and the, the sin hurts us and others and the body of Christ, thus causing separation from God and we can't control the tongue, you're up the creek without a paddle here, folks. There is nothing that we can do. We're in trouble. So we must control what we put in our hearts. I don't know, maybe you had one of these when you were a kid. Maybe your kids have them. I know they're in our nursery. If you're not utilizing our nursery, that was a great baby cry right there. If you're not utilizing our nursery, you really should because we pay this person a lot of money to staff the nursery and the children's church She's doing a great job, if I do say so myself. So if you're not utilizing them, you can utilize them. And I know that we have uh, one of these in our nursery. Next. There you go. Where you put the shapes in the holes, and it, like, probably helps the baby do something with its life eventually. <laughs> like, it probably helps it develop in some way. I don't know. <clears throat> I probably should figure that out, but... You know, we just provide the toys. We don't provide the education here, folks. They write books. But you've heard it said before that we have a God-shaped hole in our, in our lives, in our hearts. And I, and I think that, you know, there's really, there's three ways that we can fill our hearts with God. The first thing is that we can pray without ceasing, and Paul calls us to do that. He tells us to pray continuously. And you're like, I cannot do that. I gotta take my kids to soccer. I gotta take my kids to gymnastics. I gotta get make sure my husband gets fed. I gotta do this. I gotta go to work. I gotta drive my minivan here. I gotta do this. I will say this, that ladies, it will be a lot easier for you to do what I'm about to say than it will be for the men. But it's called multitasking. <laughs> you know? You drive that minivan, you be praying. You're taking your kids to soccer practice, pray. You know, you're in the shower, pray. You're at work, pray. Even if it's just a little one, like, you know. But if, you're con if it's constant, if it's there, if it's in your face, you know, it's going to be hard for you. Like, if I would have been like, God, like, I would just pray that this lady would put her cell phone down and turn her bl blinker off and that she could just see the light of day and that this is Pennsylvania and not New Jersey. And we drive, we do not drive in the left lane. Like, God, I just pray that she would realize this. I probably would have felt a lot better about myself going down 322 the rest of the way than what, uh, like, Man, I can't believe I did that. Another thing we can do is that we can read God's word. And um, Jesus, you know, in Matthew, I gotta get there. The kids are used to me, like, waiting for me because they are like, oh, Lindsay, you never mark anything. And this is what it says. It is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And you're probably like, oh, why do you have Deuteronomy 8, 3 up there? Because that's where Jesus got it from. Um, <coughs> he was quoting scripture. 
So, you know, like, we can eat a lot of food, but if we're not eating the food that God has given us, if we're not reading this, then, you know, how, how are we going to know when it's God that's speaking to us and when it's not just the, you know, the devil disguised? And if you have not accepted Christ, then that, those that you're going to be like, why should I pray? Why should I do that? You know, the biggest thing is that you got Jesus in your heart, and I cannot emphasize that enough. Romans 5 is probably one of my favorite passages, like the whole chapter. I, I just love it. Hits the nail on the head. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who he has given us. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man. Though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were sinners, he poured his love out. For God so loved the world that he gave us his one and only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish, will not be thrown into the lake of sulfur and fire. Will not be separated from him. There's a lot of theology out there about hell. I don't know which one's right. We can debate all day. I know that hell is this. It is eternal separation from God. Whether it's hot, whether it's cold, whether it's in lake form, whether you're standing in a tundra in the middle of nowhere, it is separation from God. And that, that's the worst. And your words, not just your actions, but your words can cause separation from God. Maybe not eternal separation, but eternal, you know, eternity doesn't start when we die. It, it starts now. When your relationship with God started, that is when eternity started. And just think about any other relationship that you have. When you screw up, you got to turn around, you got to go back, and you got to ask for forgiveness. And so maybe there's a separation now. Maybe the devil's got that foothold in your heart right now. Maybe it's, maybe that God-filled hole is being filled with other things. How many people do you know that have a garage and the car cannot fit in the garage? We have a two-car garage, and there is not one car in that garage. Because we're not putting the right stuff in it. And if we're not putting the right stuff in our hearts, you know, we're going we're gonna to be separated. Maybe not eternally, but for a time. And I know what it's like to do life by myself. Here's what Galatians 5.22 says. This is Paul again. But the, spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Could you imagine if your heart was filled with those things? Because the bad things wouldn't be coming out. Jesus says, what you say flows from what is in your heart. And this is my question for you. This is what I want you to ponder. Is Satan building a ladder in your heart? Or is God growing an orchard? And if Satan's building a, a ladder, if he has a foothold, you got to figure out how to get rid of that. And I pray, I pray that the God of this universe is filling your heart and that he is growing an orchard and that we can visibly see the fruit that you are producing. God, thanks so much for the day. Thanks for who you are. Thanks for your forgiveness. Thanks for chasing after us. 
Thanks for wanting to be in a relationship with us so much so that you will pour your love into our hearts. And I would just pray that we can continue to seek you, that we can continue to read your word, that we would continue to pray to you, and that we would be open to you growing that orchard in our hearts. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. The band is not up there. What does that mean? I dismiss? Have a great week. to make sense of it all I know that your love breaks my fall the scandal of grace you died in my place so my soul will live for to be